you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, another week, another fabulous cast. Kyle Brent with me, Maurice Jones, Drew here as well, and Tom Pellicero, the perfect guy to break down a blockbuster trade over the weekend. It happened late on Friday, probably by design. We'll dig into it right now, right here. So much to get to. Juju is a Kansas City Chief, and so on that, we go to all the latest news. We'll go Baker versus Jimmy and compare those two. I'm sure the Colts are very intrigued, and watching fans from all 32 are hanging on to a thread to listen to what we have to say about Deshaun Watson. So let's do that. It's time for the lead block. And we bring in Tom Pellis. Lead block. Everything. Lead block. I want the, the unload, Tom. I want every last detail on how it happened, why it happened, and what you know. So on Thursday morning, Kay, Deshaun Watson informed the Browns that they were out, that he was not going to be coming to Cleveland. But by Thursday night, I was told, the Browns had already re-engaged. And in fact, when Deshaun Watson went to bed on Thursday night, I was told there was maybe a 10% chance that he was going to go to the Browns. Well, by Friday morning, Watson had thought about a lot of different things. The talent on the Browns roster, the youth of the Browns roster, a general manager in Andrew Barry, who had been very aggressive in trying to get him to Cleveland, and an owner in Jimmy Haslam, who really impressed Deshaun Watson with how he knew every aspect of the football operation. The Browns also stepped up in a way other teams were not willing to with a five-year, $230 million contract 
fully guaranteed, unprecedented in NFL history at a time that, let's remember, a grand jury in Texas a week and a half ago decided not to criminally charge Watson in light of serious allegations of sexual misconduct, but continues to face allegations in 22 civil lawsuits, as well as an NFL investigation that eventually could lead to a suspension. None of that stopped the Cleveland Browns from continuing to pursue Deshaun Watson. They acknowledged in statements over the weekend that they had done a thorough investigation, that these are sensitive issues to a lot of people but they feel Watson is ready to do the right things in the community and as their franchise quarterback, Kay. Appreciate the updates. Tom Pellicer, we're going to talk about our reactions to this. And we've been tracking this story, as Kyle knows, every day for so long here on the show. And I sort of haven't delved into the human element, the allegations, that part of it. It's facts gathering. It's seeing where he's going. I was the one to say the past two weeks, the Browns are the perfect landing spot. I see him as somebody who needs the best supporting cast around him to succeed. And now he has that. And he's going to be in Cleveland. The fact of the matter was he was going to play. He was going to get traded and it's less about that for me it you start losing me a little bit with the number with the perceived reward of that number with all the guaranteed money the reworking of his contract so that it, something does happen and he is suspended or, or there is something to come with that uh, he sacrifices the very minimum if that suspension occurs i think it makes it really tough i think it makes it really hard to defend so for me my reaction on friday was the gratuity of it the perceived reward the victory lap by the agent who was doing his job and got the best possible deal and then some the friday dump of it all the trevor bauer tweets after that it just kept going and got so hard that i was like i gotta turn my phone off i don't like where any of this is going the number is is so tough. The structure of the con- the contract is really tough. And then the statements yesterday from the ownership and the coach alike and all of it with the quote extensive evaluation process where I'm hearing reports, I don't know if they're true or not, that these 22 women who have accused him of sexual assault were not talked to. The lawyer that's defending them was not talked to or reached out to by any NFL team. All of it makes it tough. And I don't know what he did or did not do. I don't know that we will ever know, but I don't like when teams make themselves tough to root for. Obviously winning matters more than sort of anything else. But there are lots of fans, and I'll throw it back to you, Tom, because we're going to get to the football aspect of this. I've never seen so many fans so vocal about, I'm over this, I want to find a new team, I want to this, I want to that. And I just think I want to say that it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to question, you know, what you do or what you don't know. We're obviously going to see what the NFL does. There's there's concern about the message that it's sending. There are 22 women involved. There is sexual assault allegations involved. And it's okay to question and feel that way. And I just I wanted to sort of say where they lost me in this right now. They're probably going to be really good. Everything I said probably won't matter in two years when they're huge contenders in the AFC, Tom. So what was your reaction when you heard all of this come down on Friday? Okay, I think it is important that we don't entirely separate the two aspects of this you're talking about. The legal situation that, again, remains active even though he was not criminally charged because you have those civil cases. You have this the NFL investigation. That was one reason that even though there were four teams at the end that had made strong offers all in the same range, three first round picks and more for Deshaun Watson. But some of the other teams involved were not willing to go where the Browns did on the contract. The other reason that the other teams were not willing to go there on the contract is because no one under any circumstances has ever done a contract like this. I got a number of texts and phone calls from general managers, executives with other teams who were furious or not happy with the Browns about their willingness to do a contract like this. 
One veteran negotiator mm. told me they just changed the entire landscape of economics in the NFL. Let's bring up the, the highest guaranteed money ever on contracts for NFL players. It is a list that includes several deals that have been done recently, including Aaron Rodgers, just got $150.6 million, though I think about $100 million of that was fully guaranteed. Matthew Stafford, 135 and that deal done yesterday that we'll talk more about. Again, not entirely fully guaranteed. With Watson, 230 fully guaranteed. This has never happened before, and it complicates a lot of different things. For one thing, because the NFL's funding rule, not only will Deshaun Watson be paid $46 million this year, assuming no suspension, which would mitigate that to a slight degree, Jimmy Haslam will have to write a $184 million check and put it in escrow by next March because of the funding rule that the NFL has. Teams have always been reluctant to do that, and what that means is for all the other massive deals now that are going to get done, particularly for quarterbacks, everybody else is going to ask for this. A couple guys in the division, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Why would you take significantly less in terms of the fully guaranteed mm -hmm. money? It's just such a different situation in terms of the draft pick compensation and in terms of the contract. It definitely stopped a lot of NFL people in their tracks, and we'll see what the implications are as we move forward here. Yeah, guys, I, I was shocked. First and foremost, Kay, I thought what you said was amazing. It was right on, on par with it on how a lot of people feel about it. A lot of fans that I've talked to feel the same way. From the football side of it, though, I think we have to remember we, we've never seen a quarterback at this age and this caliber hit the free agent market. And so for the Browns to be able mm. to come back in after being out, you had to put this kind of contract on the table in order to get Deshaun Watson. Winning comes at a price and we know that now. Uh, if you look at what the Buccaneers have done over the last couple years, if you look at what the Rams have done, teams are now spending. We'll talk about it later in the show, but look at what the AFC West is doing. Everyone is trying to find a way to compete to win a championship and in order to win one, you have to spend a lot of money. You have to have a guy. Uh, our colleague at NFL Network talked about this on Twitter saying, if you watch that Chiefs-Buffalo-Bills game, you know you had to have a guy at that quarterback position. The Cleveland Browns wanted that guy, then they went out and they did what they had to do to get him. And so, Kay, you said it, with all that's going on, winning is what matters in the National Football mm -hmm. League. And a lot of guys, a lot of teams are trying to find a way to make it happen. I'll tell you what, guys, Deshaun Watson better be all world. Not good, not great, mm -hmm. all world for the price that the Cleveland Browns are paying and the price in every single sense of the word monetary reputation integrity you know it's going to be an interesting study watching these browns fans over the next six months maybe over the next couple of years because we have seen many players accused of doing things convicted of doing things who turn things around and come back and win and win championships and i've seen the i'm not watching this team anymore tweets i've seen the jerseys being burned and I've seen 180s. I'll be very fascinated to watch this as it goes by because there is so much on it that makes it uh, distasteful. It's not just the facts that you already know. I mean, the fact that he got more guaranteed money than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes is bizarre. The fact that his contract is specifically designed to sidestep the ramifications of his discipline when it comes is tacky at best and tasteless at worst. Mm -hmm. And the statement from the Browns, I mean, I've never heard so much blah, 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 PRBS to cover up a bunch of things. This is what it should have said. Just simple. If you want to be honest with your fans, say, dear fans, we want to win. Love the Browns. That's the statement because that's what you're doing here. You want to win. 
You saw Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You're sick of it. You weren't in the Baker business anymore. And you said, trade everything, pay everything. And most importantly, to hell with everything. Bring them in here and we'll see if we can make this work. We want to win. That's the bottom line at all costs. And they better. It is a slap in the face number all around. That's how I feel at GMFB with your thoughts. Excellent points by all. And I agree with each and every one of you. I want to know how you guys out there feel. Let us know at GMFB. Welcome back to Good Morning Football on a Monday. And the best wide receiver in the world in silver and black in Las Vegas reunited with Derek Carr's college teammate, which is exciting and incredible for the Raiders fans. But where does this leave the Packers? If we have a four-time MVP who got his cupboard pilfered and needs wide receivers to throw to. So there's some tasty names there. A couple of LSU guys at the top, Will Fuller, the speedster, Julio Jones, and then Rogers' teammate for years, MVS. Tom Pellicero, we'll start with you. I want to hear everybody's thoughts. Um, we know they're not going to go to battle next year with the wide receivers they have in the roster now. They're also really well set up in the draft, Tom. How would you like to see the Packers handle their wide receivers going into the season? Well, one of the names on that list, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, is somebody the Packers would ideally like to still get back. He's got that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, who never has really had a lot of production with rookie wide receivers. In other words, even though they are well-positioned in the draft, it seems unlikely you're just going to say, hey, we're going to draft a couple and move forward. I would anticipate the Packers will add one, if not two, veterans potentially, including MVS. I can tell you they've been active in terms of exploring potential trades. They've been active in terms of exploring potential free agents. I agree with you. They have to do something. I anticipate something is going to happen here in the near future. Okay. Kyle, they can't do something. They got to do everything. This is that, you know, we had two minutes in the break. There's that Flex Seal commercial that's on. I was putting my kitchen sink dishes into the dishwasher and I thought to myself, kitchen sink, throw it at them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Whatever you can get them. I don't, to your point, Tom, young players. Okay. And I do think they should draft one. They better draft one too. But veterans, veterans that can help him win now. And the veteran on the list I like is Julio Jones and he's 33 and I know he dealt with injuries last year, but he is the one guy of all these guys available that we know can be a dominant number one receiver. He dealt with some things, but when he was finally healthy at the end of the regular season and in that playoff game, he looked the best he had all year and pairing with Rodgers might revitalize him. He should not be done yet at 33. And I also think you go get Jarvis as a secondary weapon and you use one of those first round picks on a guy as well. Bring in as much talent, MJ throw the kitchen sink at Rogers. The time is now. You know what, Kay? This is how the league works. You complain, you complain, you complain about getting a, a first-round playmaker drafted offensively, and they don't do it. And then now they're going to draft two of them. If we go back since 2002, the Packers have drafted four offensive skill positions. That's including two quarterbacks, obviously an Aaron Rodgers. Or 2000, excuse me, Bubba Franks. There it is. I was, I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school in 2000, just to age myself here a little bit. But this is what I'm talking about. They're going to go out and draft two guys right now and say, you know what, Aaron, here, we've got, we drafted two guys. We've, we've, we've uh, invested in the receiving room. We need you to get them better. And I think they can still win with two rookie receivers going in there. You need young, explosive legs to win this NFC, to even try to compete in the NFC. If you see what's going on, I think the Packers are ready to go if they draft the right two receivers. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he, Rogers has this well-earned reputation for being tough on young guys and tough on rookies. And we've seen the stairs as he walks off the field after third down. But they've never gone and gotten him a Jamar Chase 
I remember he was openly talking about how much he liked Justin Jefferson in the draft and the draft pick that eventually ended mm-hmm. up being Jordan Love. So I like to think there's nothing Rodgers can't do with the football, including having an incredible first year with a rookie. And yet I still think it bounced their way fortuitously that the guys that are available this year are really tasty. And I have to say, I kind of like the Odell thing because Odell's not going to be ready for a while. Odell's mm-hmm. going to be ready at the end of the season. I think Rodgers loves him. I think you get him cheap. I think you get him short. And if Odell jumped on the Packers at the end of the season, sort of like he rose up for the Rams at the end of last season. I don't hate that at all. So I still think given how short the window is for Rodgers. I think he got a couple of years from really two years. I think he tried to go for one of these veteran guys and they got to get something. We know Adrian Amos was saying, hey, Odell, hey, Jarvis, come together. That would be a beautiful yeah. thing, of course. But I want to know, Kyle, do you think yeah. is Aaron Rodgers getting on those phones and working them and saying, come play with me like Brady is? You better. You better text. You better not just text. That's just FaceTime, Kay. Make it personal. Put that bearded, long-haired face on a phone for Odell and close. That's what I want to see on Dumois. I don't want to see you with Santa Barbara. I want to see you on a FaceTime spotted with Darvis Landry Rogers. We've got more up next. Jimmy G or Baker Mayfields? Ooh, tough call. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Big Deshaun Watson news. Of course, we'll get our takes on that. Kyle Brandt, MJD is here. Maurice Jones-Drew, Tom Pelissero, all aboard. And Atlanta didn't land their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, but are they still going to deal Matt Ryan? Ooh, let's get to it, guys. Time for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Okay, here we go. Uh, some news this morning. So the Falcons didn't get Watson, but what's going on here? This is Rap Sheet's tweet. The Falcons fielded trade calls the last few days centered around quarterback Matt Ryan. Sources say today is a deadline to make a decision. Ryan will earn a $7.5 million roster bonus from ATL if he's on the roster come 4 p.m. Tom Pelissero, what's going on? 
Well, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. We talked about this several days ago. Once the Falcons were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, they started having preliminary trade calls involving Matt Ryan. That continued through the course of the weekend here. Ryan's got two years and $54 million or so remaining on his contract. No guarantees, so there's probably a new contract reworking of some kind, whether he stays in Atlanta or goes someplace else. He's a former NFL MVP. He's played at a high level for a long time, and so you would anticipate that there's going to be teams interested. The Colts don't have a solution right now for their starting quarterback. You've got teams like the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, his old coach, who there's a connection there. Ryan is from Philadelphia. Could the Eagles potentially be involved? This is certainly one to watch today, and as Ian alluded to, any decision on a trade involving Matt Ryan most likely would take place today prior to that roster bonus being due. 7.5 million. They're going to try to rework it. Something, you know, seems inevitable to shake out today, so keep it here on NFL Network. And there's a couple quarterbacks available. You mentioned the Colts, so they're thinking, do I, would we want Jimmy G? Baker's, of course, on the table, and now Matt Ryan, a potential option here. I tried to get ahead of this Baker Mayfield thing when all this was going on before. The trade was made last week. What is the market for Baker Mayfield? He's putting out this message, like, are you sure it's better somewhere else? Is the grass greener? Let's dig in, guys. Baker Mayfield's value is nebulous. Kyle, what do you make of it? It's complicated. It's very complicated. I, this is what I want to put out there because right now Baker's stock is low. Never mind the Instagram post. Never mind the football stock is low. But I want to look at his most important play from the 2021 season. This is the play that I take away from his entire year. It's all the way back week two. They're playing the Texans. He's going to throw an interception. And in like true Baker, Devil May Care style, he launches himself at the guy, makes the tackle, and injures himself pretty severely in his non-throwing shot. That was week two. Week two of, of 17 games. I don't think Baker Mayfield was ever the same after this play. I think all season long it bothered him and it hurt his football. That's fine, that's the game, it's not an excuse, but I think he is a much better quarterback on the field than he was last year. I think if I'm looking right now, if I'm a fan of one of these teams, do I want Baker? I'm looking at all these suitors and all these potential single quarterbacks out there. I think he is significantly more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's significantly more motivated than Matt Ryan, just to their different points of their career. I think there's a huge upside. You got to make sure that I'm right and that last year's football wasn't great because of the injury. And you got to make sure that you want to bring in a guy who is sort of a dollar store Brett Favre gunslinger. I personally think that if all the stuff with Baker and Cleveland had transpired a little bit earlier, I think Baker would be a Washington commander right now. I really do. The question is, will he become a Colt? Will he become a Saint? I like him. I like the ride. I can't quit Baker. I like the high end. I like the talent. And I genuinely think he is much better than what he put on the field last year. And we all know nobody burns like him and nobody tracks the media's comments like him. Healthy shoulder, new team. Everybody thinks you suck. I like that Baker a lot. And I think the market will show that. Now, Tom, I know the finances are a little complicated, but I like the football as I look forward to next year. Well, Kyle, I'll say this. I, I think in, in our business of the NFL, timing is everything, right? If you have suitors, if you're as hot as you, you've you said he is, people will be banging down the door at Cleveland to get him. Cleveland probably wouldn't have been in that in that situation with Deshaun Watson. And so I think what we've seen over the last couple of years hasn't been the best Baker. People go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers victory where they scored 45 points. A lot of those points came off of short fields because of turnovers, screens, and running the football. And so as much as a lot of people love Baker for his attitude, I'm strictly a guy about production. And when you watch his production, Odell Beckham didn't do well there. Mm. He goes to the Rams, plays well. So there, there's there's certain situations about Baker Mayfield yeah. that I, I like and then I, that I dislike. And so the part that I dislike is the letter part of it, right? Matt Ryan did write a letter, even though Atlanta 
was courting Deshaun Watson. And some of those things, they just come into play. They just, as a player in that locker room, I just don't know how that's going to build if we don't play well. Is he going to be a me guy? Is he going to point mm -hmm. fingers? We saw the Duke Johnson situation on Twitter unfold when he said, you know, yeah. you need to get on it. You're either in your train, you're on this train or you're not, right? Like those type of things become personal. And so for me, if you're playing well, I'm okay with that. But if you've been playing like you have the last couple of years, it becomes an issue. The starting point for trade negotiations with all these guys we're talking about is pretty much the same, whether it's Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo. Every team trading a player like that is looking for a second-round draft pick and maybe something more. The thing is, as this has evolved and as seats have kind of gotten taken here, we've gone from a bit of a seller's market mm -hmm. to more of a buyer's market. In other words, the Colts, everybody knows that they need a quarterback, but you've got those guys available. You've got Marcus Mariota, who's a free agent. you got guys like Andy Dalton, who's a free agent. The Colts don't need to go all in and make another big trade. They can kind of let this thing come to them a little bit and potentially get value. So specifically to Baker Mayfield, he's coming off an injury-plagued year, as you guys mentioned. 2020, he played at a really high level, led him to their first playoff win in like 26 years. He made clear when they went after Deshaun Watson that he wanted out. He wanted a fresh start someplace else. It's apparent now he's going to get that. But the entire league knows that the Browns, in all likelihood, have to trade him. He also has an $18.8 million salary. Cleveland potentially may have to eat some of that money in order to move him for value here. Mayfield would like to be an Indianapolis Colt. Is that where he's actually going to end up? Mm -hmm. It depends in part on all these other moving pieces and where some of these other quarterbacks may go and when. He's expensive, too. The Colts can afford him. Ballard doesn't like to spend money. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not done himself any favors. The market can't be booming for him because of what he looked like on the field the past year. I think it helps him that there are a lot of teams that want to upgrade a quarterback or have needs. The Colts, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Panthers, all looking, so that sort of helps him. I think his market is below Jimmy Garoppolo. I much would much rather have him from a winning perspective. I know he's coming off an injury. That's the only thing that I sort of look at as a problem there, but his record, the fact that he distinguished himself as an adult in the way he handled the Trey Lance situation as a teammate. Teammates all love him. They speak about him. I think that matters when you're pinning the two against each other and trying to make a decision. Hell, Jameis might have been a better option. What he, I mean, Jameis last year was 5-2. and two. He took care of the football combined with the fact that his price tag is significantly less than this $18 million that Tom Pelissero was talking about for Baker. I think that all matters. There's intriguing candidates. There is a potential market there for trades, too. You look at a guy like Jordan Love, what's up with him? There's the Tyler Huntley of it all. When you're looking at guys, I, I think there there's intrigue. We're talking about upside with them as well. He did not help himself out. And then there's this powder keg aspect to him that you have to weigh in and stomach as well. So he'll find a place to play. It's definitely something to keep our eyes on. I'll ask you what, Kyle, from like a, per, like a football perspective, why Baker mm -hmm. over Jimmy? Well, I look at it a couple ways. The Indianapolis Colts make it really fascinating. If it was just any other suitor who just needs a quarterback, like any other, yeah. that's fine. The Colts have this really loaded thing where they're like, we're getting made fun of and we're looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying every single year we have a different quarterback. This is kind of a joke now. We need to figure out some kind of stability. So is Baker the answer of the guy? Probably not. And then the other prism that I think it's interesting to look through is the way we started the show talking about Deshaun Watson and why the Browns did what they did to get him. It's like, you got to arm up right now. And MJD referenced Daniel Jeremiah's take is that the whole league watched Bills versus Chiefs in the playoffs and said, we got nothing unless we got an absolute killer at quarterback. So who is that? Is Can they compete in the AFC with Jimmy Garoppolo or Matt Ryan or Jameis or Baker? 
there might be a sense in the AFC and certainly with the Colts about, we just need to go big. Maybe it's a risk and maybe it's not the best fit. Who has the highest ceiling? Who can we hone and say, oh my God, one day we can put up 40 points. And I remember the game that Baker went on Monday night against Lamar, the infamous game when Lamar had cramps. Baker's going back and forth and it was this great showcase. And it was like, wow, this could be the Baker Mayfield we get. If you believe in that and you're the Colts and saying, we also need a quarterback of mass destruction who's a number one overall pick, maybe that's the reason you go yeah. for him just by ceiling character and injury be damned. Come on, Baker would be an, a brilliant fit in Indy. It would be amazing. The question is, is Jimmy Garoppolo an even better fit there in Indy? And that's what these GMs and these front offices are weighing right now. We've got so much to get to today. Pro days are going on. we got Tom Pillis there with all the info. There's the Matt Ryan of it all. That trade could happen. We'll see what happens there. The top quarterbacks in the draft will take the field this week. It begins today with Pitts, Kenny Pickett. Pro day season. Path to the draft has you covered. Path to the draft. Pro day special starting today at 2 p.m. Eastern and right here on NFL Network. Oh, those AFC quarterbacks are good. Trying to chase them down will be like chasing a laser pointer on the carpet. Why do I use that comparison? That's cat talk right there. And the inimitable Maurice Jones-Drew has a cat with which he will help rank the AFC quarterbacks in the segment you just saw called Fight My Five. So Maurice, first introduction, tell the world who you're holding and then give us your top five AFC quarterbacks. Well, world, I challenge you to find a, a prettier cat than Jamarcus Jit Jones Drew, who decided to wake up and come in the office this morning. But let's just get right to it, Jamarcus. You ready? Right. Let's go. Here we go. Number five, <laughs> which was tough. Number five was tough. So I'm not going to lie. It was one of the harder ones to do, but I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I, I think you saw the growth from year one to year two. You saw the arm through. This was one of the best throws we saw all year. Rolling to your right, been able to play. And I, I feel like they're they're building around him. And the Chargers are kind of stopped. They're going to stop charging. You know what I mean? They're going to finally win the big one, get in the playoffs, and be a tough team to deal with. One of the teams that I think a lot of teams were worried about last year. Um, number four. Let's get to it. Uh, a guy that's probably going to get paid. Lamar Jackson. He was banged up a little bit last year. Their team as a whole was banged up. But Lamar is still the most dynamic player at the position with both his arm and his legs as we're seeing him throw the ball more and more uh, each year. Still one of the guys that when he takes off, you hold your breath because he could go 99 if he has to there. Uh, number three, we're going to go with Joe Cool. Joe Too Cool Burrow ow, ow. Uh, making plays. Uh, listen, you took a franchise from the, the depths of hell uh, and brought him to the heaven. Football heaven almost had a chance to win it. You had sacked so many times last year. I don't even know what the number was. Heard as close to 70 or over 70 times. He got sacked seven times in the Super Bowl and still had a chance to win it. I just love what he brings to the table, what he's been able to do for this organization and what he does for that those players there as well. Uh, number two, we talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, you got to get to a Josh Allen, right? When you can't run the ball, he runs the ball. When you need a big play, he's able to make it. I wasn't high on him coming out of Wyoming, but over the years throughout his career, he's, made, he's gotten better and better and better uh, to the point where... You have teams trading for top-notch quarterbacks because of what he's been able to do in Buffalo. Um, and, and so for me, Josh Allen is is one of the top guys. And number one, you know what it is. Do we even have to talk about it? It's my homeboy. It's your homeboy. It's everybody's homeboy in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. He makes he's the he's the straw that stirs this drink in the AFC. Everyone's trying to compete with him. We talked about the AFC West and everyone trying to get better to compete with the Chiefs. I don't know if they've done enough. We'll see. When the Chiefs are rolling and Mahomes is on point, yeah. he's he's the best quarterback in the foot in the National Football League to me.
Tell me what you guys All think right. about it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes on there. He's the only guy that's won a Super Bowl that's on your list. Doesn't Super Bowls mean something to you, MJD? I don't know about what Jamarcus thinks about this. I'd like his thoughts as well, but you omitted Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl champion, which means in the AFC West, you have him as the third best quarterback in that division at best. This is the thing with Russell Wilson. Russell won his Super Bowl with a great defense and a great running game, went back to back. Then after that, it was all about let Russ cook and the Seahawks haven't been the same. And so for me, I need to see him take a team to the playoffs throwing the ball and run through the playoffs throwing the ball. We haven't seen that yet. And when you look at it, when you look at the AFC West, he may be the, the fourth best quarterback, right? I, I mean, again, Russell Wilson has been able to do a lot of things improvising, but in the National Football League, you have to win from the pocket. And when he's at his best, it's not necessarily from the pocket with Russell Wilson. I think it speaks to the depth of the AFC quarterbacks right now that there are, by my count, at least five Pro Bowl or former Pro Bowl quarterbacks who did not make MJD's list. Because you got Russell Wilson, you do have Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, and even young up-and-comer Mac Jones also not on the list. In other words, if Mac Jones is your 10th best quarterback or Derek Carr is your 9th best quarterback, that shows how hard the road is going to be through the AFC. You've only got seven playoff spots, so some of these guys aren't making it. Not that you can't have a list from the NFC too because there's good quarterbacks on that side but I don't know that the depth chart goes that far along where Russell Wilson could not be in the top five we're all kind of like yeah judgment call MJD couple things the people at home they're seeing that you have a cat named Jamarcus the cat appears to be sort of silver and black might not be in the best cardiovascular shape there's going to be inevitable comparisons to another Jamarcus is your cat named after Jamarcus Russell and how do you still say at this point why is Mahomes still above Allen has Allen not run him down and if not what makes the difference well i don't know if jamarcus was named after jamarcus russell my daughter named him jamarcus so whatever she got that name from and then this is the thing i think josh allen is there but you have to win and the one and you talked about super bowls right for me when you're head to head mahomes has found a way to win in the big game against the buffalo bills consistently and to me that's what it comes down to this last game i thought josh allen was masterful he did everything you needed to do mahomes was just better in a more critical time how do you get three points and you go 50 yards or what how many of your yards they went in like 13 seconds yep. like that is what makes him the best to me is that they're never out and i love what andy reed said when things get grim be the grim reaper and no one's worse than the grim reaper that's why mahomes is number one <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I was folding my laundry in the commercial break, so I left <laughs> off, and now great. I'm back, and here we go. Kyle Brandt here as well, Maurice Jones-Drew, a Tom Pelissero, and a blockbuster trade. It's time for the lead block. Let's do it. Lead block. Lead block. Yep, separating my whites, folding my socks. Tom Pelissero, in the meantime, a mega trade went down over the weekend to Sean Watson. Headed to Cleveland. What do we need to know about the massive trade? And tell me what it means for Baker Mayfield and his value now. Okay, Deshaun Watson told the Browns last Thursday morning that they were out. He was not going to be coming to Cleveland. But by the end of the day, the Browns had re-engaged, trying to convince Watson that this was the right place for him. I was told when Watson went to bed on Thursday night, there was maybe a 10% chance that he was going to end up with the Browns. But overnight, he continued to think on the roster, the talent, the youth of that team. A general manager, Andrew Barry, who'd been very aggressive to get him. And an owner in Jimmy Haslam, who had impressed Watson by knowing so much about the football operation. They also convinced him with an unprecedented five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract, something that the other teams involved in the Watson negotiations were not willing to do at a time that Watson continues to face serious allegations of sexual misconduct in 22 civil lawsuits as well as an NFL investigation that could lead to a suspension even after a grand jury in Texas decided not to charge him criminally. As for Baker Mayfield, he requested a trade from the Browns before Watson had actually agreed to terms, and that trade for three first-round picks and more were executed. The Browns initially said no. Now it's obvious that Mayfield will get a fresh start. A challenging trade to do because he's due about $18.8 million fully guaranteed this season, coming off a season that was filled with injuries. Expect Mayfield to move on, but the exact timing of that remains to be seen. Okay. Well said by Tom Pellicer there. A whopping, gratuitous, in my opinion, fully guaranteed contract, one that protects Deshaun Watson as well. But let's get into it. Uh, he's just the latest of quarterbacks or big deals that have gone on. It's been a ridiculous offseason just one week in, and it's just March now. So let's get into it, guys. We've had unretirements. We've had league-changing trades, polarizing moves all around, big-time free agent pickups, a separation of some of our favorite bromances. It's been a whirlwind. MJD, who do you think's winning the offseason so far? The AFC West, right? I mean, that's the only one that we can talk about. I mean, they went into an arms race there. You're talking about Khalil Mack traded from the Bears, obviously to partner with uh, Joey Bosa there in Los Angeles. Then they go and get J.C. Jackson. Uh, they've made some other moves as well that have been polarizing. Mike Williams with the big side. Then you have the, the Broncos with the big trade to go get Russell Wilson and Ragnar Gregor, as we see there. And obviously, we talked about Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and in Las Vegas. And you don't even have to put Juju Smith-Schuster up there for the Chiefs because they're making all those moves to try to catch the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and playmakers as well, and Miko Hardman 
and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and they have Eric Bieniemy as their play call. They have so much going on. Everyone's making moves to try to compete with the Chiefs. If you're the Chiefs, you're just happy that you're forcing these teams to spend money to kind of put them in a salary cap hole because they won't be able to sustain this. But I mean, again, the AFC West mm-hmm. from the beginning of free agency or that tampering period until now, they have been everyone's been racing to try to catch the Chiefs. It's just a scrum, isn't it? It's just one giant Royal Rumble. And I'm looking at the guys who aren't even in the ring. Brady and Stafford, both of them, we saw them play in the playoffs last year. And like, they gotta be sitting here saying, my God, let's just look at some of these transactions. Let's follow Pelissero, let's follow Rappaport and just track who is leaving the conference. Russell Wilson, not our problem. Devontae Adams, not our problem. Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, Randy Gregory, Von Miller, all people leaving the NFC, the NFC playoffs. They're just out. They're going over to the varsity, and we can just sit here. Meanwhile, I'm going to bring Ryan Jensen back. Stafford's going to bring in uh, Allen Robinson. And who's entering the NFC from the AFC? Carson Wentz? (laughs) You think they're worried about that? Stafford gets an extension. Brady gets whatever he wants. Who's who's who are they afraid of in the NFC? I, I guess they're gonna. Ooh, the Packers are gonna get some wide receiver who's gonna be a shell of what Devontae Adams was. And as if we're so afraid of the Packers in the playoffs, anyways. And we also saw like the Cowboys don't exist anymore as a franchise. So there's only three teams in the NFC East. They don't have to worry about them. So it's Stafford and Brady, like the two good-looking superstars. They're sitting there being like, in the title game, dude. Let's make a date, January something something. Those guys are winning and winning and winning. Tom. Part of your reports have been part of their winning. The big winner, in my mind, is every top quarterback in the entire NFL. Let's pull up those numbers again on the most Mm. guaranteed money on a contract in NFL history. Of the top five all time, three of them, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford, have come in the past two weeks. And Watson, with the moonshot that completely upends the fundamentals of economics in the NFL, with a fully guaranteed $230 million at signing despite the ongoing legal ramifications that he still faces, sets a new bar for everyone else. So it's not just these guys who won, Rodgers and Stafford and Watson. It's all the quarterbacks now who are going to get paid. You don't think Kyler Murray is looking at those numbers right now when he's expecting a new contract with the Cardinals sooner than later? You don't think guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who are going to come up in the next couple of years, are thinking about it? Lamar Jackson, whenever he wants to negotiate, the Ravens are standing ready to negotiate. Well, now, why would you sit there and say, well, you want any less than $230 million fully guaranteed? This is the new NFL. These guys are getting paid big time in terms of cash flow in terms of guaranteed that has ripple effects across all quarterbacks yeah those guys always get paid but they're getting paid at unprecedented levels it's well said very well said uh i'll go to a team that i thought that had that clipboard and it had these are the needs ba-ba-bum xxx and that's the Bengals, right they put the tag on jesse bates hopefully they come to agreement with him uh in the long term i think that would be a great idea but they got a lot better and it wasn't big and it wasn't splashy but they signed former cowboys stud stud right tackle so happy to see this happen lyle collins yesterday this is the cherry on top of a complete rebuild on the one weakness they had that was glaring last year and that was the offensive line alex kappa ted karras it's i mean this is a concerted effort to protect joe burrow going forward and they didn't 
break the bank for some of those guys like Teron Armstead that I sort of wanted them to. I think they made the right moves here. And let's not sleep on how involved Joe Burrow was in the process either. We had Albert Breer telling us yesterday that Burrow said, hey, Collins, come to my house. Kappa's coming over. Karis will be here our girlfriends, our wives, whatever it might be. And he was sort of there. Uh, Hayden Hurst, who was newly signed also reportedly at the residence of the boroughs to sort of make it and make it happen. And the borough factor obviously worked. It's a real thing. And he was part of sealing the deal there. So it was a glaring need that they had. They wouldn't address it fully. I love seeing there. And then there's other guys on the board still. The frenzy isn't over. We're a week in. There's guys that have a lot of talent, like a Stephon Gilmore. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals did something sneaky in the next couple of days. And yeah, all the excitement about the AFC Let's not forget about the AFC champions, shall we? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.